Hey, everybody, this is Robert Pandia with the Center Stand podcast, the motorcycle industry podcast presented by the Progressive International Motorcycle Shows. You know it as IMS. As we tour across the country, we get to meet up with loads of dealer friends and that sort of thing. One of the major friends in the Dallas market is our buddy, Mark Peterson from Southwest Superbikes in Dallas, Texas. Mark, thanks for joining us today. Hey, you bet, Robert. It's a pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. Well, uh, we're lucky in that uh, dealers were deemed an essential business. So we have an interesting look into the world of business uh, through motorcycling uh, during this pandemic. Mark, I know you were open the whole time. Is that right? Or did you shut down at all during the beginning of this pandemic? No, we were we were open the whole time. It was a little confusing right at the start. And the way that, uh, you know, I've got a non-franchise smaller store and the way that we're set up, basically, no matter what type of business you're doing, you had to walk through the store. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so in essence, we were open the whole time. We did not actively sell motorcycles without uh, uh, introducing them through the Internet first. Oh, so that was so that was like that was some of the changes, and I want I really want to get to that. Is how did uh, the specific things you guys did to change your business during the pandemic, and how it sort of has affected you guys? So, as you were saying, you basically did video interviews, or like your first meeting with customers was via video to make an appointment. Is that right? Not necessarily video, but. Um, we would have people call and schedule appointments and, and we would, we would, uh, you know, to the best that we could do time slots and say, okay, you can come in at two or, but we were here all the time for, for service. And, um, and then it, you know, it kind of opened up and I, and I was in touch with a lot of other dealers and, and, and the, the start of the pandemic, it, it seemed a lot more confusing to motorcycle dealers as as perhaps some of the other essential businesses and um and then of course we we um sectioned off areas required masks and so forth and had uh you know hand sanitizer everywhere and 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 promoted washing hands and and so forth all right so um a little bit of background on you. I know that you've been in this industry for quite some time, but can you give us your your sort of your quick background as being a motorcycle dealer? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Uh, I started this when I was a kid, when I was really young and just kind of pissed off the world and loved motorcycles and wanted to make my my hobby my job. And and I I raced for a number of years and basically opened a race shop when I was real young, and then uh, realized there was no money to be made in racing. So we started selling motorcycles and, and, uh, have, have been here, uh, like I said, over three decades now and, and been through a lot of peaks and valleys in the motorcycle business. And, and, uh, and, um, you know, I'm just a, a, a gearhead that's got a love for the machine more than anything. Um, like I say, been here a long time, started off as more of a specialty shop and now sell a little bit of, of everything. And then in in that work, you work quite a bit with some of the more traditional multi-line big box stores in sort of moving trade-ins around and that sort of thing. Is that correct? Absolutely. That's kind of my forte and has been for, for years and years. 
And I, you know, and, and just as you, Robert, we know so many people in the business. And, uh, and so, yeah, I'll buy trades all over the country um, from, from any type of dealer and have lots and lots of friends that have big box franchise stores. And, and, uh, and I've always liked um, some of the more exotic and, and one-off rigs. I, I, um, we have a, a little collection of, of uh, vintage bikes here. And yeah, we do, a, like I said, we do a little bit of everything. And so, yeah, go ahead, sorry. yeah, so I, I bring that up for our listeners in the fact that um, uh, you may think of Mark as running a, you know, a smaller, you know, quote unquote, mom and pop shop. But the reality is, is that business is highly interconnected now uh, in power sports as we've had our contractions and growth and that sort of thing. So, so I value Mark's perspective in working with national power sports auctions and working closely with uh, dealer news in the past and you know and that kind of thing so um so with that in mind and your broader perspective could you speak to me a little bit about how you survived just briefly on the 2008 financial crisis compared to the pandemic and how those two periods were different and possibly how, how they've been similar in terms of addressing um, changes in power sports business. Okay. That's, that's interesting. When, when, uh, so in a way that, that was completely brutal to me. Um, no one saw it coming uh, it, as far as, you know, in the power sports business. And then when it did, we didn't, you know, we didn't just lose, the, the customer base, but we lost all the financing. So you, you were, your hands were completely tied and, and all, all I really did was tighten my belt, worked as hard as I could to get what sales I could and, and just, just motored through it and saw a lot of people drop out. Now in, in comparing that to the pandemic, I thought that it was going to be about the same. I, I thought, you know, this could be the demise of my company. And, and, um, the first couple of weeks was, was brutal. You know, it was, it was, uh, phone wasn't ringing. And then after that, as everybody in the power sports business knows, and also didn't see coming is it went crazy. And, and we just, we were selling, uh, you know, we were selling like mad we had a, you know, and, 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 you know, we're still doing well, but we had a really good, probably a, a seven or eight week run where uh, it was it was like the, it was like the good old days it was it was neat we were selling a lot of bikes and you tie that directly to the financial stimulus from washington dc right not a hundred percent okay um, I think that had a lot to do with it but so I, I think having people cooped up in their house i mean we're not used to staying home 24 7 and and, uh, you know, all your your social activities are, are on hold or stopped. I think once people realized that that power sports in general was this form of social distancing, that that they went wild. And, and then that the the influx of money from the government definitely facilitated that in that. Gosh, we had so many people coming in here that were making more money not working than they normally did, and they wanted to spend that money. Mm -hmm. And did you see um, specific demographics over the other, or was it fairly broad? Did this bring more women in, for instance? Um, we did have women come in, 
I, you know, when you talk about demographics, I, I would say um, a lot of the guys, and I don't mean guys specifically, a lot of the people that that were furloughed or put out of work because of the, the, the pandemic. So call it uh, uh, restaurant workers and, and, and retail workers that the stores couldn't stay open. They, they came out in droves and, and were, you know, they were pretty happy. They were, you know, like I say, making more money than they normally made. Now that is a fairly specific demographic, but then we had, you know, like I say, that the, the having people cooped up in their homes drove everybody out. And, and, and uh, guys bringing their sons in for their first bike. And, and husbands bringing their wives in for their wives to, to get a bike. Mm-hmm. And um, so it was, it, it was fun. It was interesting. At the, um, what did you hear from your uh, big box friends? Like in that same sort of time, were, were they following along the same pattern as you? Or? Yeah. Yes. And, and, and depending on the product, you know, I think everybody did really good. But, you know, I have a lot of friends that have uh, uh, off-road oriented stores and, and that are, you know, I'm going to call it 80% off-road and they crushed it. I mean, mm. they crushed it. Um, uh, Watercraft, you know, could, couldn't get them. And we are, we're heavily uh, street bike, you know, not as, we do, we do some, some off-road, some ATV, some dirt bike, but, but a, a much smaller percentage. So I think that that bike to bike, a lot of stores did better than us because they had that right product. I mean, you, you know, there was there were so many rigs that you just couldn't get. And uh, and so they were, you know, all full boat, full price, you know, plus some. Right. So knowing that we're not um, two weeks away from a vaccine on the pandemic, it's probably going to take months and it may well be into next year before you know everybody has access to the vaccine and and that kind of thing uh what is your projection do you feel pretty strong about the immediate future say through the first quarter next year oh man that is such a loaded question i and i the the last thing i want to be is pessimistic because i i absolutely love the industry that we're in and love the people that are in it um, I, I'm not going to bet the farm that the first quarter is going to be strong because right now, as, as you know, um, there's so much misinformation out there and, and, they, you know, as soon as they say the numbers are going down, they're going back up. And I heard from two different sources last week that if you have had COVID, you can get it again. Uh, and that's been supposedly been proven now. And mm-hmm. so it just it just seems like there's no safe zone and and there's a lot of people that are like hey screw it i'm i'm going out i'm i'm you know and that could be an that could be an invitation for disaster there so we have pulled back uh, the business has pulled back but it's still okay mm-hmm. it, it's it's still not bad um, but it's changed a lot it's changed since since we had that that good rush. So that um, a big part of motorcycling is community. 
Um, and when I talked to you last, I was call- I talked to you from Sturgis, you know, and we were talking about what was going on out in the scene out there a little bit. And um, I think that that sense of community is something that's been really missing from ridership. You know, you miss hanging out at bike nights. You miss uh, co- connecting with a club if you happen to be in a in a motorcycle club or or even doing a uh, you know a charity ride sort of thing that those things have been largely curtailed. Are you seeing how community is has been different you know in and around your shop versus uh, uh, before before this how that's well, been changing? Th- there's there's definitely I, I saw a, a lack of community where there would normally be, you know, as far as the Thursday night bike nights and so forth. But, and, and, and soon as I thought that was worried about that as well, I was going back to my house last Thursday evening and went by a pack of about 125 riders mm-hmm. and couldn't believe it. I mean, I was overwhelmed and, and that was, uh, I mean, it was pretty exciting. Now I, I do think that with the influx of customers, a lot of which I don't think were were normal customer base. I don't think they were going to come in. They they came in because of the pandemic, because of the influx of money, or because of being cooped up. I think now that we have an opportunity to bring them into our community and expand, you know, our customer base and our you know the you know the the, the people that we that we sell to and do business with. Yeah, I, I think that's a great point, Mark. I think that the um, the folks who are relatively new to motorcycling are probably 100% new to you know being comfortable in a group of riders. And I think that as an industry, sometimes we do an absolutely terrible job with with new riders. I think, sure. uh, I think our, our opportunities to to do better, to put it in a more politically correct way, um, are huge. And, Mm -hmm. uh, um, you know, we're sitting on, I think your story has probably been repeated around the country, but we're sitting on probably more new riders in a short period of time, uh, than ever before, certainly in our, in our modern post-war history. Um, in that in that very short bump. So maybe I'm wrong. Maybe sometime in the you know in the '60s there was something equivalent. But in terms of you know kind of modern history, this has probably been the first time that there's been that significant bump. And you certainly have all of their information in your database. You know your your registration processes and that sort of stuff. So so therefore all other OEMs and big box shops have that. And I think that there's, would you, for instance, being a dealer in the Dallas, Texas area, um, as things begin to clear up from a pandemic standpoint, um, would your shop want to be involved in like a, a group ride thing that doesn't necessarily end in a bar and everybody rubbing elbows and, you know, that kind of deal. But, uh, um, do you think that there's, that kind of opportunity to bring more riders together and, and show them what it is to be part of the motorcycle scene? Uh, yeah, I, I do. And I'm j- just like you said, that the, the motorcycle, uh, motorcycle business in general, 
has sucked in retaining new customers. And I'm absolutely have been guilty of that myself. I would, I would love to have, get, get back to having events and, but it's still uncharted waters right now. It depends mm-hmm. on how crazy this thing goes. And, and if, if, if the pandemic lights up and there's a gazillion people getting sick, you know, I also don't want to be the bad guy. I don't want to be the guy that invites everybody out and, and, and you know, and you look bad because of it. Mm-hmm. And there again, I'm not trying to be I'm not trying to be pessimistic. I want to be optimistic. And I want everyone to come out to the store and climb around on motorcycles and realize what we do and how passionate we are. And as, as well as some some rides or, or, or whatever it takes, I also want to nurture and, and, and stay in contact with this new new bump that we had or 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 are having with these new customers and and stay in touch with these guys and meet their buddies and get them out here and because as i mean as we all know you you know you ride up on a bike and you're that guy where'd you get the bike how much was it you know and and you want all that uh referral business to come back to you yeah i think uh I think you're probably hitting on something and, and, and you being a, uh, oh, it's just going to sound wrong, Mark. <laughs> I don't take this the wrong way, but you being a kind of an old school guy, right. Damn it. Uh, yeah. You know, that you are probably spending, um, enough time, uh, talking to those customers and keeping them encouraged. I know that every time I walk into your shop uh, and have in the past that, that you've always had a super positive vibe for anybody walking into that store and, and being part of it. And that probably translates into how you are communicating with those folks. So, um, are you, are you guys reaching out more to those customers sort of post sale or is it one of those things where, um, you're so busy dealing with the current that you're not able to do that as much? I, I regretfully am going to answer that it's more the latter. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a really small staff right now, and and I have and and we have spent more time, you know, when when possible with with these new customers and and followed up with them and and you know we do we, uh, you know we do things that we don't normally do you know we do free delivery and and we've done deliveries that were were really far away just to lock these people in and say, you know what, this is the place you have to always come back to. You're always going to be taken care of. And so we've, we've really gone above and beyond in a lot of different ways to, uh, to, you know, to make sure we keep those, those customers. Yeah. I know that, uh, reputation is something that builds over time and can be torn down in, moments if you're mm-hmm. not careful. So I know that that's something that you have a very positive reputation, Mark, not just uh, uh, blowing smoke up your chaps here, but uh, I know that you've got a positive uh, reputation in the Dallas area, and I definitely value your perspective on this. I want to thank our friend Mark Peterson from joining for joining us, but I'm going to hang one more question on him. All right, Mark? Okay, uh, go for it. This is a question. Now, if you have a room full of all the motorcycle dealers in America, all together in one spot, and you have a chance to say a few sentences to those men and women in the motorcycle industry, one time, what would you say to them? 
Oh boy, that's a big one, buddy. Um, I, I mean, I'm going to go with with new ridership is is such a key component to the longevity of of the motorcycle business. And and I know we've we've had that pounded into our heads for a few years now. And everybody, you know, the 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 big OEs have have. Uh, have tried, tried and came out with new models and everything else. And I, I just, I think we have to continue to concentrate on that as well as, as, as nurture and keep these new customers close to us and build with them because that's, you know, that's how it spreads because we've had a lot of, we've had a lot of shit years. And, and if we see a little bump like this, this might be a motivator to everybody to, to uh, kind of get back on the ball and, and, uh, and see if we can just keep this thing going. All right, Mark, that was a great answer. Thank you very much for joining us today. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Mark Peterson from Southwest Superbikes out of Dallas, Texas, a great dealer, heavily involved in the industry. Thank you very much for your time today, buddy. All right, if you guys want to learn a little bit more about what we are up to, make sure you log on to continuetheride.com where you can listen to... Other episodes of Center Stand, the Motorcycle Industry Podcast, as well as Reserve Tank, a terrific consumer-oriented podcast that is hosted by Sam Bendall. Our next episode coming up, we're going to be speaking with Honda and Zero Motorcycles about market adjacencies, fancy marketing stuff for how to sell more product to people right in your own community. So looking forward to that conversation. Thanks very much for hanging out with us on Center Stand. Thank you.